have a theory, but I need more. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as the IPC. We're broadcasting live right here on YouTube on Fandom Empire. Coming to you with another episode. It's been a while, guys. I should start off with an apology. We missed the last episode. <laughs> um, stuff happened, all right? We had some scheduling issues. It was it was a deal, all right? We couldn't do the episode, but I'm very glad to be back now. Um, and yeah, I've missed, I've missed you guys. I've missed you a lot. And as you know, Zach is not with us currently, all right? He's off pursuing his, his career. He's doing awesome things elsewhere. He cannot be with us tonight or for another few weeks, but... I think, well, what 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 the heck else to do than to get a, an excellent co-host to replace Zach for the evening? And I think there's no better choice than Mr. Steven Schinder. Steven, what's going on, man? Hey, great to be here. I, I kind of feel like whenever Zach comes back, he needs to put out a video like Steve from Blue's Clues, where he's like, I never forgot about you, <laughs> or, or I never stopped thinking about you, or whatever yeah. it is that he said. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um oh my gosh yeah that blues clues video man got to me and i don't even remember so right, good. Having, like vivid memories of watching blues clues but like steve man you made me cry yeah um, like that was one of my earliest like things i was into was blues clues like my favorite car was green because steve's favorite color was green and, and oh so and gosh. i love what like, I've caught glimpses of what it's become with the more recent show, Blues, Clues, and You. And I love that they still have cameos from, like, Steve and Joe every once in a while. So, yeah, it's in a good direction, I think. It's great. It's great. That that Steve guy, I can't remember his last name. He's he's just, yeah. Steve I'm, I'm, Burns. St- <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Just great to see him every once in a while. He seems to be. I don't know what he's doing now, but he's 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 definitely not forgotten Blue's Clothes, and he hasn't forgot us. Um, oh, so <laughs> sweet. Um, so okay, this week we are talking about something that we've we've done. Okay, this is another top five episode. You guys love these. We got you. We love these too. And we haven't done one of these actually in quite a while. We've actually haven't done one on YouTube yet. So this is our first ever top five oh, wow. in the video format. And what better way to start it off than with top five fan theories? Now, this one was quite a wild idea that I cannot take credit for. Something that I halfway through doing this, like prepping for this, I was like, did we make a mistake? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> like we weren't getting a lot of responses. People were like, whoa, this is a really hard question. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's really hard. Um, but props to Jesse Bennett, who 
I recently, I, this is actually something I haven't talked about publicly, I don't think. Jesse Bennett was right here like a week ago. Oh, wow. He came here and he visited. And it was so great to see him. So great to see him. Um, because obviously I'd never met Jesse before and just the, one of the nicest guys you can. He's in the chat. He's in the chat. I'm not just, I'm not just, you know, um, I'm not just pulling your leg here, Jesse. I'm not just trying to stroke your ego. Legitimately, one of the nicest people. We played Sabak. He taught me how to play Sabak, the actual Oh, yeah. He he said he was learning that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. He's much better. I actually won a couple games, I think it was just by accident, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, But Jesse came by. It was a lot of fun. And uh, then I noticed a Patreon message. I actually don't know when he sent this message, but I was looking through the Patreon messages, and lo and behold, there's a message from Jesse. And he said, quote, a top five request, fan theories. For reference, I'm thinking ones that are well-known and not ones created for a small circle of friends. So I'll share my five, and if you want clarification, any, let me know. Five being lowest rated and one being the highest. That's how we do it, Jesse. That's how we do it. Five. There's a particular order of these things. Um, so I'll start off with his. He says, uh, number five. Ferris Bueller is made up is a made up character by Cameron. Mm. Um, and really quick, really quick, I need to preface this in case you guys want to drop some theories into, or particularly five theories into the chat right now. You want to submit some? We'll we'll still take some. But basically, any fan theory. Now, no one's actually sent in any that they've like made up themselves. It's all been mostly just popular fan theories. But it can be one that's popular, that's obscure, that's been debunked and there's some that's actually been confirmed that i've noticed in the sh- in the show notes so i'm looking forward to getting into those but i'll continue with jesse's list really quick he says number four sandy died at the beginning of the movie grease i've not have you wow. seen Grease? because i haven't i remember seeing it as a kid because like other members of my family watched it a lot and really loved it um it's not something I'm really into, really. Um, I, I guess you could describe it as like the original high school musical. Like it's a musical about teenagers and what whatever. Um, I know that um, it's the one with John Travolta, right? Like he's in that. I think. So, I, yeah. I, I haven't seen it, so I can't go <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's one of those movies that you haven't seen. Um, but yeah, like this theory sounds vaguely familiar, but it's been so long since I've seen Grease. I, I don't know which character is which and how this yeah. affects the rest of the movie. But like there are theories like that where it's like this character is dead the whole time. And yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it works i don't know yeah there's a lot of i've noticed a lot of like so-and-so was dead the whole time like it's all a dream like there's a lot of things like yeah that. the ferris um, bueller one is one that i am familiar with um have you seen ferris bueller's day off or what do you think take a guess <laughs> um i've seen a bit of it i've seen a bit okay, of it okay i'm guessing that's a no but yeah that is a really popular one it's basically oh, yeah. Yeah, like Fer, because Ferris just does whatever he wants, and Cameron gets dragged along and doesn't try stopping him. So the idea is that Ferris is like his imaginary alter ego who pushes him to go along with all these different things, and it, it's a it's a fun theory to think about. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, where were we? Okay, um, he says number three, ET is secretly a Jedi. <laughs> now this one, I think. Holds a lot of weight. 
because right. we know the ET Star Wars connection. There's an ET. There's a okay. The the ET connection is that ET is walking down the street. He's in costume and Halloween costume, and then Yoda yeah. walks by, and he's like, "Home, home," <laughs> implying that like he knows Yoda maybe. And then you have in Phantom Menace, um, the Greblips or whatever the names are, Spielberg yeah, backwards. Yeah, yeah, and that the- Easter egg. Like that pretty much like kind of confirms it, I guess. The the thing is that since Star Wars takes place a long time ago, then maybe E.T. doesn't know Yoda personally, but has seen that species. And I guess somehow George Lucas made movies based on Star Wars history. Like, I don't know. But yeah, and yeah. like E.T.'s powers are like, they look very like telekinetic and kind of force related. So you could like connect it that way too. Yeah, this is that. I think that's another kind of uh, wrinkle to it is that like, oh, maybe he has he has some kind of special powers like his species does. So like it would kind of make sense. Um, I don't know. I really like that, though. I think E.T. is definitely from the Star Wars galaxy. He may not be a Jedi, but uh, um, who knows? Um, number two on Jesse's list is Ash from Pokemon is in a coma the entire time. <laughs> yeah. The- Again, someone's in a coma or dreaming or dead. Yeah, this one I am familiar with. I, I'm guessing he's referring to the idea that in the first episode of the Pokemon anime, when like he gets electrocuted, uh, he by Pikachu, he gets put in a coma, and that's why throughout all the 25 or 26 or whatever seasons of Pokemon, he's still 10 years old. Um, oh my I've, gosh! Yeah, there, there's also a similar one I've heard where like Ash gets turn to stone in the first movie and then gets brought back to life and maybe that's why or maybe he doesn't age because someone gave him an everstone which is what prevents a pokemon from evolving so yeah there's all sorts of crazy ones like that (laughs) yeah you have to like come up with like yeah these shows go on for years and years and years like the Rugrats, like the the babies never grow up like what's up with that well except for in the spinoff all grown up Oh, they're 10 years older. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> the only other example I think of is like Bart Simpson, like all the all the Simpsons kids. The, kid, the show has been yeah. going for like 25 years and uh, none of the kids have grown up. Um, so <laughs> They just won't let it die. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And he, number one, he saved the best for last, Darth Jar Jar. The <laughs> famous, infamous Darth Jar Jar. Jar Jar is a Sith Lord. This one shows up a lot tonight um, from what I've seen. Right. Um, and it's a good one. It's a good one. It's something that I'm like, I, I love the idea of like giving Jar Jar more credit than he than he's worth. <laughs> that, I mean, uh, he, he's, he's, he's up to something. So it's something that I think is funny for robot chicken stuff. Like they have that one skit where it turns out he's the one behind it the whole time, puts on right. the hood. But for in universe star wars itself i prefer for jar jar to be the hero like maybe it wasn't all executed the best in phantom menace but in clone wars it's comedy gold like jar jar works really well in animation i feel yeah yeah and yeah like i prefer him being the hero as opposed to like the villain mastermind behind it all type of thing yeah, that yeah, I, I I think that's I think it's just a fun. It's like I, I love theories because right. they're theories. It's just something to to play with and like you know, like the whole emergency powers thing and him like being this linchpin and all this is like, is he just stupid or is he 
is he like is he up to something like um i love it i love it but uh oh really quick um jesse adds this thing i don't know if he if he meant to for us to read this out but i'm gonna read it out he says uh another top five request john williams scores that are not the main theme or ending theme of any movie i'm still building my list but wanted to submit the idea i like that Mm. A lot because we've done John Williams themes, obviously. We've done like John Williams tracks, I think. But uh, right. I would love to see like a obscure John Williams tracks, like something like character themes or not necessarily the Star Wars theme, which is, you know, or the Jaws theme are all great. Like they're 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 timeless. Right. And I'm looking at the chat and Jesse says there's also the theory that Plagueis was alive during episode one and Maul was the secret apprentice. And the death of Plagueis happened between episodes one and two. So, yeah, so this is actually kind of what happened in Legends uh, in the Darth Darth Plagueis novel. Like, Plagueis is still alive during that movie. Like, I remember reading that book back in the day and being like, whoa, he was alive then? And, like, (laughs) yeah, and, like, by the end of the book, Plagueis dies. And I I think he's aware of Maul, if I remember correctly. I could be mistaken, but... Yeah, like that was a thing in Legends. I don't, I'm not sure if that's what they're running with in their internal canonical backstory, but who knows? Like maybe someday they'll elaborate on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole, like, like what Matthew's saying in the chat. Like that's the, that's the James Cena novel, uh, mm. Darth Plagueis. Like it's, it's straight up kind of like, I, I didn't expect it to like, you, you think of Darth Plagueis being way back in the past, but nah, it kind of yeah. really intersects. And obviously it's not technically canon anymore but uh i think i think there's something to be said for uh its legitimacy because it's freaking a great book anyway yeah Um, it's a great story either way it's worth reading yeah exactly um up next we have our good buddy joey mays uh steven you want to tell us what joey has to say yeah and uh funny thing joey mays in the chat made me laugh a bit because he was like i'm still not convinced ben has seen star wars (laughs) maybe maybe not maybe i've been faking it all this time yeah and he Um, just said i think my favorite fan theory is that ben does spell heart with an e (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but um okay so so for his actual top five so number five disney uh, okay so disney and he says frozen tangled tarzan and the little mermaid take place in the same universe um should i keep reading the list or do we want to like you can just read through it and then we'll talk about it after probably okay and then number four says the simpsons homer is in a coma so another coma one uh number three ghostbusters the ghostbusters died when they crossed streams okay number two toy story andy's mom in the toy story universe is emily jesse's original owner oh my gosh yeah, and number one is another Pixar one. It's a very popular one, which is all of the Pixar films take place in the same universe. Not a lot of diversity amongst my choices, but these are my favorites. Fair enough, Joey. The yeah, Fair enough, but I think it's a great list. And the Pixar yeah. theory is one that shows up. I think it's a very popular one. One we've talked about on the show, me and Zach, many, many times. Um, and it's one that I, I think has, I think, that the Pixar studio has like 
leaned into it. Like it's become <laughs> so prevalent. Like you're like, wait a minute, is this really just a coincidence? There's so many things because like they put Easter eggs from other things. Like there's a Buzz Lightyear and Finding Nemo and stuff like that. So that's really great. Yeah, yeah with the Pixar theory. So I do believe I believe that all the movies and Pixar shows, I guess, are in the same universe or multiverse. Um, because of course you have that fantasy world and onward and the monster world and whatnot. Right. Um, but the Pixar theory itself, it has like this this very specific timeline where it's like you have like the Incredibles stuff in the sixties, because that's when it seems to take place. And then you have all this other stuff that takes place in present day like late 20th or we 21st century and then you get the future of wally and supposedly after or between the present and that i think is when cars takes place like machines replace humans and then yeah, a- yeah after yeah, yeah. wally like the humans come back and plants grow again and you have a bug's life so i i don't think pixar has this grand plan of when everything takes place. I, I'm not one who subscribes to that specific chronology, but it is a really fun thing to think about that. Like whoever put it together, like it, it was a very creative way of like thinking, Oh, what if it was like this? Like, I think it's really fun and entertaining, even if I don't agree with like the whole timeline thing or whatever. Yeah. It's just that there's so much diversity in the stories that Pixar has made that you can easily make those connections. You can, Oh, you know, well, there's, yeah. you know, there's this world where cars are, are just on, oh, there's no humans. Well, what happened? Well, maybe it came after, you know, the apocalypse and yeah. that's what we see in Wally. And, and like, there's this whole, and the, the maybe toys, humans, and maybe humans evolved into monsters and the doors are time machines. <laughs> yeah exactly like i love just like the mental gymnastics they go through to get it but it's like okay i kind of like this i like where this is going even though this is completely ridiculous there's a whole website you can go pixartheory.com i think is a real website it will walk you through the whole thing i don't know if it's updated for the new movies but it's most impressive with how they've done that um the other one with uh uh the andy's mom is emily from the flashbacks in toy story 2 that's interesting yeah that's one that i thought about as a kid like i was wondering if that was intentional but like as i grew older i thought you know if that was intentional i feel like they would have leaned into it within the film itself like on one hand it would kind of make the universe smaller if andy's mom was emily but if Toy Story 2 had been made with like an ending where like Andy's mom goes into the room and sees Jesse and she like smiles and like assumes that he got new toys from cowboy camp or whatever. And like if they had done that and leaned into it, maybe it would have worked. Maybe it would have been very emotional and heartfelt. Um, But they haven't leaned into it in any of the movies that came after, which makes me think that that's probably not what Pixar has in mind, but yeah, yeah I always, I always, it, I always thought it was weird in Toy Story two when like he gets all those new toys and like he just says, "Oh, thanks, mom." He's like, "Yeah." There's never ever any conversation about where these toys came from and the yeah, fact she that never questions nothing it. to do with bringing them home. Like they just accept it. Um, so whatever, just right <laughs> over that. Um, Ghostbusters. The fact that I think I've heard this one before, and I'm not super familiar with Ghostbusters. Joey is. 
um the fact that they're all dead like they cross the streams and <laughs> everything else is like a dream i guess all the movies afterwards um uh, but i like that because like it just ties in a whole like don't cross the streams you shouldn't like you're gonna die um and that uh, that would be very interesting yeah and of course the homer in a coma thing also <laughs> explains all the many seasons of the simpsons and people not growing up <laughs> Right, exactly. Because like, if it's just his dreams, then they would be like just stuck in the same time period forever, um, which would explain like you know, home, right. uh, uh, you know, Bart and all his kids just staying the same. Yeah, like technology advances, but the people look the same throughout all those years. <laughs> yeah, and it would it would totally make sense for Homer to like just something happened to him. He's just in a coma. <laughs> Yeah, I just skateboards Very over dark. the gorge and crashes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also the uh, the Disney one. Um, I haven't looked too much far into this, but I, I believe there's like some statues in Frozen. And I think there's some connections to the Little Mermaid. It's all like there's some stuff going on there that like makes it all. There's some vague things that make it this because yeah. they're all kind of vaguely fantasy magical. So, except maybe Tarzan, so, like, they can kind of work, they kind of work in the same universe. Yeah, so, from what I remember, I believe the main characters from Tangled, uh, Rapunzel and Flynn, I think his name is, I think that Mm -hmm. they have cameos in Frozen, like, attending some sort of event. And, like, the Tarzan thing is that Tarzan is... I think the brother of the two girls in Frozen, like their parents get shipwrecked. And the thing is that like, I like the parents end up in Africa and that's when like Tarzan happens. And um, I think the director of Frozen even confirmed this. So, or one of the directors of Frozen, I think he had two. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, I think that one might hold some water if it's coming from him. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it when when directors are like, yeah, it, yeah, that's true, that's true, it happened, <laughs> like, that's the way it was. I'm like, wow, right. okay, um, so that's great, that's great. Um, oh, okay, up next we've got um our good buddy Dan Grievous, um, who is also a patron, um, and he says number five, ET is a Jedi, that's coming back. Number four, yeah. one I've never heard of, the kids from Ed, Ed, and Eddie <laughs> are in purgatory. <laughs> Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, number three, the Joker in the Dark Knight is a war veteran. I like that one. Um, number two, Chris Pratt's character in Jurassic World movies is actually a grown-up version of the kid in Alan Grant Scared in Jurassic Park. That's really good. Um, and speaking of post-apocalyptic, maybe <laughs> dark stuff in Disney, um, number one, Aladdin is set in a post-apocalyptic future. And I, I like that one because I think I think uh, I don't know. There was there's some references in there, and there's some stuff that that the genie yeah. says that starts like, "Oh, I've been trapped in this lamp for like a, you know a million years or whatever." Like, if that's the case, like, what? How does that work time wise? Is this supposed to be in the far past? Um, I think it works better if it's like, okay, yeah, everything fell apart, and this is in the future. Yeah, and that explains all the pop culture references he makes that wouldn't exist in like our past so yeah i I love i love that theory it's hilarious um so the ed ed and eddie and purgatory theory is one i've heard 
before. Um, I'm guessing you didn't watch this cartoon growing up, Ben. Is that correct? No, I actually, I really like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, wow. I underestimated you. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Because that's <laughs> legitimately one of my favorite cartoons. I don't know. Yeah, it was one of my favorites, cartoon, too. <laughs> but, man, I, every time I, like, see it on, I'm like, oh, so much nostalgia. It's insane. It's an insane show. Like, I think it was, like, before, like, there's some really insane cartoons on now that I think. Um, they're like, kids, watch this. What? Like, that was, like, the bridge into, like. Um, I think creating this generation. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's crazy <laughs> because it is like it's so wacky and it's so kind of edgy and dark at times that you're like, okay, maybe this has legs. Yeah, how can my feet smell if they don't have any noses or whatever Ed says? <laughs> um, but yeah, like this theory, I, I guess each of the characters represents something like. I, I don't remember the whole like specifics of it. I think it might be on creepy pasta, possibly. Um, oh yeah, I can imagine. yeah. And but um, I, I've also at one point thought of a similar Ed, Ed and Eddie theory because, um, like mm. you know, you know how I'm like a huge Twin Peaks fan, right? Like, oh it's, yeah, absolutely it's weird supernatural type of show. <laughs> so the main character Dale Cooper at one point he says. Like, after he's recovering from a gun wound, he's like, the pain is receding into a dark cul-de-sac in my mind or something like that. And so, <laughs> wow. I, and so like, my fan theory is that Ed, Ed and Eddie actually takes place in that cul-de-sac in his mind. <laughs> and, and, like, oh the, there's, and, like, there's this lady in the show called The Log Lady. She has, like, this wooden log that she talks to. And that very much reminds me of Johnny and plank so yeah. oh my god there's a woman in twin peaks that has a log she talks to yeah that is amazing oh my gosh that's uh that's one of those you're like wow okay this this does this is something here um that's yeah. weirdly weirdly specific and similar to have yeah. two characters that talk to a plank of wood um Wow. Yeah, you could go down like a whole rabbit hole of Twin Peaks theories. There's a lot of them. Like, if any people ever get into the show, they'll probably come up with their own and see what others have come up with. It's a it's lot. Like, it's like the whole you'll get, you know, these videos on YouTube, like, oh, yeah, The Simpsons predicted all these things in the future in like the 90s, like Donald Trump being president and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and um, you're like, nah, whatever. And then, then you start watching, I'm like, whoa, what were these writers doing? Because. My God, they got so many things right. Um, yeah, it's like South Park. Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. <laughs> um, All but, right. Yeah. Um, so the Joker and the Dark Knight being a war veteran, that, that one is one that makes a lot of sense, I think. Yeah, especially in the era that it came out in and... And being that, you know, the, the Dark Knight, uh, this very grounded universe, it's something you clearly something happened to this guy um, to make him like he is. Um, and and he obviously got he got you want to know how I got these scars. Yeah. Um, he got the scars somehow. So he never actually told us maybe it, maybe there was some truth to that. But I, I like that idea. Yeah. What do you think of this Jurassic World one? I like it a lot. I think it's one that I, I just, I think it adds a lot of depth to that universe and adds a lot of character. And it just makes perfect sense that like, 
okay, yeah, it, it would be that kid. Like Alan Grant scared him straight. I and they could confirm it. This is one, and any yeah, of I mean, these, there's still time, I guess. <laughs> any of these rumors, some of them, some of these theories have been confirmed. Some of them have been debunked. But like this one, we're apparently going to have uh, Alan Grant and uh, Owen Grady sharing some screen time in what is it? Uh, the next Jurassic World movie, Jurassic World Six, whatever it's called. Um, uh, so Dominion, Dominion. So m- maybe like. <laughs> Maybe Chris Pratt's like, oh, hey, I met you when I was a kid. You scared the living hell out of me, and then I, I grew to love raptors. Um, so I, I just – I think uh, – I, I love the idea, and, like, I could see them confirming that. That would be interesting. Oh, yeah. So should I go ahead and read this next one that we have here? From yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is from Chad B., who says – I don't have any top fan theories because after they become not real, I forget about them or I stop caring about them. And then he says in parentheses, you can read this on the show if you want. Okay, Chad, we did. We read it on the show. Are you happy? I Boom. mean, technically speaking. I PC'd. Chad is a patron. <laughs> so technically speaking, he could write whatever he wants. We are obligated to read it on the show. So we really didn't have a choice there. But yeah, I mean, uh, if you write an F-bomb, Ben has to read it. That's the rules. Oh, boy. Um, no, I'm gonna, kidding. I don't know. Yeah, don't do that. Today. Don't Please don't do that. We're going to get kicked off YouTube. We don't want, we don't want that to happen. <laughs> uh, Sean will kill us. All right. So let's not, let's, not, let's not push any buttons here. And I don't want to say anything that I don't want to have to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, Chad, I appreciate the honesty, maybe, I guess. Um, okay. Whatever. <laughs> um, um, and and I, as I said, uh, Chad. Dan, Joey, and Jesse, they are all patrons, and we are thankful for them and their patronage. And uh, you can become a patron yourself by going to uh, patreon.com slash ipcpodcast. Um, And a special shout-out to Joey Mays and Jesse Bennett for their continued support at the shout-out friend tier and uh you can get bonuses you can get access to the shows which i actually have to send this to over to you guys because i was busy earlier but you get access to the to a special peacekeeper group you get top billing at each and every one of these top five episodes so your episode your thing is guaranteed to be read on the show at the top of the show uh and no question even if you don't give us a list we'll still read your comment on the show and uh you might even get a chance to join us in the show maybe that there may be some opportunities coming up in the very near future for you guys to actually be on the show that'll be great and uh real quick i also have to give a shout out to our good buddies over at question possible answer great new podcast that i, I actually just listened to the first episode a really great just uh like they they it's it's like this what we're talking about here, but like really more in depth and exploring some different things. And obviously, we're talking about what ifs and whatever. And it kind of goes really in depth with that. Um, so definitely come join us at Question Impossible Answer. This is come join us. That doesn't make any sense. I'm reading the thing. I'm reading the thing. So I'm just going to say, come join us in just, listening just to pretend Question that I'm Jesse for a second. <laughs> come join us at Question Possible Answer as we discuss some of our favorite movies with a twist, ignoring canon. Every question is on the table unless the answer is given in the series. We also introduce our own fun theories and possibilities. Check out, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Question uh, Question Possible Answer. 
at Facebook and question possible question underscore possible underscore answer on Instagram. Um, and it's now available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast services. Definitely go check that out. Um, but we got more lists, guys. This ain't over. All right. We've got a few more. Um, first, again, is not a list, but he's so nice. He's such a great guy. We're going to read it on the show anyway because this is Matthias, our good buddy. He says, my theory is this is going to be a great podcast to listen to, as usual, because you are guys are fantastic. Well, Matthias, I think you're fantastic, all right? Right back at you. <laughs> you're fantastic, all right? So that's how it's going to be. Um, thank you so much, Matthias. You are the best, man. Yeah, um, I think that fan theory holds a lot of water, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can only hope that it comes true. We only hope it doesn't get debunked in the next hour. Um, good Lord. Right. Um, but uh, real quick, I'll go over um, – this is ooh, this is a lot. This is Robin sent us, like, a lot. I'm going to try to run through this really quick so we okay. don't spend the whole night on it. And then we'll try to process this all. Okay, so he says – and I'm going to start because some of you put your top number ones at the top. But to just to spite you, I'm going to start at the bottom with the number five <laughs> um, because that's how I go. Okay, so he says at number five – this is Robin Glader, by the way. He says, number five, Peter Parker is the little kid in the Iron Man mask in Iron Man 2. Uh, Marvel fans have long speculated that the little kid behind the mask that Iron Man saved at the Stark Expo is none other than Spider-Man's Peter Parker. Never mind that Spider-Man didn't officially enter the MCU until 2016. We all know that if there was a giant science exposition in his hometown neighborhood of Queens, young Peter would definitely find a way to be there. And I think I'll talk about it this more in a second, but I'm pretty sure this one's been confirmed. Um, this is a, this is actually a, a, a theory that was around for a while and got confirmed. Um, number four, Tom Hardy in Mad Max Fury Road is actually the feral kid from the Road Warrior. So he says... Some fans have a theory that Hardy isn't the original Max at all, but a character that we've seen before who has taken over the title. The guess is that Hardy's Max is actually the feral kid who appears in Mad Max 2, the Rogue Warrior. <gasps> the aging works, and the fact that Max speaks mostly in grunts like the child did is another validation of the theory, plus the kid, as an old man, narrates the Road Warrior just like Hardy's disembodied voice narrates for Fury Road. I like that a lot. Um, he says, <laughs> number three, Mr. Bean is an alien. <laughs> Every episode of Mr. Bean starts with him coming down in a beam of light and landing on the street. He doesn't know how to act like a normal human. He mostly just looks at the people around him and tries to imitate them. Fair enough. Um, let's see. The new nightmare was a dream. In the Nightmare on Elmish Street series, Heath Langerkamp, Langenkamp, Plays the character. What? It's Heather, not Heath. Oh, <laughs> wow! I just like I misgendered and everything. Like that's that's bad. Uh, Heather <laughs> Langenkamp plays the character Nancy in the first. See, I would have called it Nancy. Um, in the first, third, and seventh films, except we're led to believe that in the seventh film, uh, New Nightmare, she's not playing Nancy, but she's playing herself, Heather Langenkamp. The film is about how Freddy is trying to escape the fictional world and enter ours. He's been kept in the fictional world because everyone thinks he is a fictional. He is fictional, but of but of movies. But now that he's been several years since the last film, Freddy is regaining his power and can enter the real world. The theory states that Heather is not playing herself, 
but she's actually still playing Nancy. And the whole film is a dream. When we last saw Nancy in the third film, she was dying in the arms of Kristen Parker, a character with special dream powers. The theory states that Kristen put her dream where her life was just a movie to give her peace. But Freddie saw that was happening and entered the dream. Um, I'm going to be honest here. This is me talking now. Um, I've never seen any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and I have no freaking idea what he's talking about here but oh, i'm sure I've, that's I've a seen great. all of them yeah <laughs> all right okay you we'll let you explain that in just a second um i'm right. sure that makes sense to everyone else but me um and number <laughs> one the prestige nikola tesla's duplication machine doesn't actually work this theory is too complicated to explain further in short text you can look it up if you're curious if true this would turn the film from a sci-fi film to just a very clever thrill uh, thriller I have not seen the prestige, but I've seen videos about it. And I know that like there's a duplication machine stuff happens and they, I think they multiply Hugh Jackman maybe. And then, and, I mean, but, I haven't seen it either. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to give away any spoilers. I'm not, I, I don't know much about it, but like the whole idea is like Nikola Tesla creates a duplication machine, but then maybe it's not a duplication machine. Maybe it doesn't work. And there's actually like multiples of something. I don't know. Maybe there's brothers involved. I don't know. But uh, it's a lot. Um, but getting back to the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, do you do you get all that? Yeah. So I actually have thoughts on all these other ones that he mentioned. Um, we'll go through them. So basically, in the original Nightmare on Elm Street film series, there were like six films. Like the sixth one was called Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare, and the seventh mm. one takes place in the quote unquote real world. And basically, um, the actress who played Heather in the first and third movie is playing herself. And then Freddy Krueger escapes from the fictional world into the real world and is basically trying to haunt her there. Um, personally, I'm not a huge fan of mov- of horror stories or movies where they set it in Hollywood or in a real world that makes the other stuff fictional. So I actually really like this idea that like new nightmare is not the real world, but rather a dream that, um, that Nancy has, uh, like, I guess as she is dying, it's been a while since I've seen these Mm. movies, but basically saying that it's not on a higher plane of existence and the, other Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So I I really like that one. Um, The Mr. Bean is an alien theory. Yeah, that's, that's a, I I feel like everyone who's like watched the show and seen the opening credits, like has had that thought cross their mind and it's, he's very weird. He acts very strange. So there's a lot of, there's a lot in favor of that. I think. I, I think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not someone who's overly familiar with Mr. Bean, but like it's so funny. I am familiar with Mr. Bean because he's Mr. Bean, and like, yeah, he's a weird yeah. guy. It it makes sense that like, okay, this guy would this guy is not of Earth, and I like the whole like he beams down, like that's like a a red flag right there that maybe there's something else about Mr. Bean, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, um, oh, there's another one that I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, oh, Tom Hardy the Tom Hardy one. Um, so I have seen bits and pieces of the, of a lot of the, the Mad Max movies. And okay. I think this one's really good. I, I like the idea of like, because obviously you're like dealing with different actors, but I like the idea of like Tom Hardy is a kid and he's like, just this weird kid that just 
is around and doesn't talk very much and he's like grows up in the shadow of Mad Max. He's like, I like that guy. And he just takes on the t- title. He takes on his name and becomes him later. I like that idea. Yeah, it's it's like Mad Max is a mantle uh, in this theory. Right. And it would also, like, not only does it make the recast make sense, but it also, like, the backstory for the Tom Hardy Mad Max, like, you'd see, like, he'd have like these hallucinations here and there from what i recall he would see like a little girl who i guess might be related to him and from what i remember i don't think he had like a little girl with him in the original mad max so it would make the backstory possibly make more sense if it's a different max uh so i think that could work i I really like that theory um Yeah, yeah but um I might be in the minority, but I do not like the Peter Parker is the kid in Iron Man 2 thing. Like, I know that Tom Holland and Kevin Feige are like, oh, yeah, maybe he's that kid. But here's like, here's here's my stance on it. So I feel like that makes the universe smaller. And it also doesn't really matter because they like it's not mentioned ever in Homecoming or Far From Home. So it's like why bother mentioning that oh peter was that kid if like it never becomes a huge thing that he brings up to tony or someone in the movies and like um yeah like it and also like if that is peter parker in iron man 2 then marvel owes sony a lot of money because like they needed permission to like use peter parker right right it yeah like I, I don't know, like, how that works. I'm kind of in your camp. I'm like, it doesn't really work. I'm not sure. Like, why wouldn't, like, you, you had the whole idea is, like, you know, like, Tony goes into Peter's bedroom and they have a conversation. Like, wouldn't that be a topic of conversation? Hey, we met that one time. I, I, you, you saved me. Like, wouldn't that be a thing? It's clearly, like, it's a obvious retcon it's an obvious like right. okay we just want this to be a thing i like it as a theory but i think the decision to confirm it was probably a mistake i i don't really see it happening um whatever it's canon tom holland and kevin feige say it's the thing it is a thing all right, right. We, we, i can kind we? of ignore it since it's not mentioned in the movie so see how right. people can pick and choose i guess and who's <laughs> really re-watching iron man 2 these days all right okay <laughs> me maybe but uh yeah it's 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 to take your leave it thing it's not a big deal right but, but uh i yeah i i i don't know it's 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 odd it's an odd thing but here, let me see who we got up next. Who we got up next. Uh, oh. Yeah, we got Matt Taylor next. Um, so Matt Taylor uh, says in no particular order, Darth Jar Jar. That's a popular <laughs> one. Fer- Ferris Bueller Fight Club theory. That's the I one we talked about the earlier. Same, yeah, the same one from earlier. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Rock is secretly a James Bond movie. Now, th- I think this refers to that 90s movie, The Rock. I don't know it's, if I've ever watched it, but I know I've never it. seen it. I've seen again. I've seen videos on it, and apparently, it's it's The Rock. It's it's not The Rock. It doesn't have The Rock, the actor, in it. It has it's it's Sean Connery. I think it's Nick Cage. Oh yeah, Sean in. Connery was the first like film James Bond actor. Yeah, so I, I guess right. that's why. 
and it was after he's obviously older. He's after yeah. he did James Bond. He was um, he refers to him kind of being like um, being a, a former some kind of British agent. Um, he's in Alcatraz. I think the last time you see James Bond, Sean Connery's James Bond, it's in San Francisco. Like, there's a lot of things that, like line up that like okay, this could work as like a proto James Bond movie. Like afterwards. Right. And so continuing, uh, Kevin from Home Alone grows up to be Jigsaw. Now, I, I have some thoughts about that, <laughs> but, but we we can come back to that. Um, and then the next one is, the last one on Matt's list is Nemo doesn't exist. Um, so are you familiar with that Nemo theory? I read about it today because I hadn't heard about it, and it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, like, I didn't know about it until, like, people sent in, like, stuff about this. And, like, I guess the idea is that Nemo, um, like, you know, all those fish eggs, like, they all got eaten or whatever at the beginning of that movie. Um, And so Nemo is, like, a figment of Marlin's imagination and his way of coping with the trauma of what happened. Um I, I don't subscribe to this theory because it's really sad and I prefer for Nemo <laughs> very to be alive. Dark. Very dark. <laughs> but yeah. Um so do you want me to talk about the Home Alone Jigsaw thing? Absolutely, because I love this one. <laughs> yeah, it in like on paper, it is a hilarious theory to think about because Kevin, of course, sets up like traps around his house to stop the burglars from like succeeding. And of course, Jigsaw, uh, the villain from the Saw film series, he creates all these elaborate traps and tests people who are taking their lives for granted and like testing them to see if they have the will to live and stuff like that. So it's very dark, but um, it is a funny idea to think about. The only thing I would say is that the timeline doesn't really match up. Like I think Home Alone takes place in the early 90s and... In the Saw universe, uh, Jigsaw starts doing his games in early 2004, uh, mm. just based on like documents and stuff you see in the movies. And like in, uh, in late mass murderers start young, yeah. <laughs> and but but like in 2004 is when he turns 50 years old. Like he's 52 during oh, Saw wow. 3, which takes place in October 2006 yeah, according to like... That's, a, that's some pretty advanced aging. Yeah, so like I don't know if there's like some like growth acceleration thing going on or what, but yeah, I don't subscribe to this theory but it is a funny one like for the memes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the idea of like kevin developing into uh something more psychotic <laughs> yeah after I, doing I mean, all he, that yeah i mean the actor who played kevin um mccully culkin he's actually on the current season of american horror story so really oh yeah. my god that's amazing that oh there's a see there's some more theories right there it's like yeah oh, did kevin grow up <laughs> and get an american horror story like there's a lot of stuff you could do there um, yeah. oh my goodness Oh my god. Yeah, goodness. like I dropped off of the American Horror Story wagon after like season three, but my friend convinced me to watch this current season and I, I've enjoyed what I've watched so far. And and it's an anthology show, like each season is a different story. Yeah, I heard that. yeah although this current one is like 
two stories in one season. Like it's titled Double Feature, so it's kind of like getting two seasons, kind of uh, oh, just okay. each in a shorter amount of episodes. But uh, yeah, like the anthology nature of it makes it easy to jump around to just a different season. So yeah, right, right, exactly. So that that that's interesting. I've heard a lot of good things about that show. Um, okay, so up next we've got our good friend Michelle Lay, and uh, she says, uh, "I don't have a top five, but I believe this one thing." So she says one thing. And I said, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Um, because I did ask her to submit one, and it's hard to come up with these things on the fly because right. I really like did, did this today. But this is about Avatar, The Last Airbender, not a show that I'm not caught up on. So forgive me for not completely understanding this, but here we go. So the Avatar universe from the from Avatar, The Last Bender, Airbender, and Dragon Prince are connected, but they can't legally be because of different production companies. There are already two references from Dragon Prince and the uh, Avatar Last Airbender universe. Uh, one, Zuko mentions how a drama team ruined the book ad- adaptation of uh, Love Amongst the Dragons. And in the Dragon Prince, a character, Claudia, is seen reading that book. Uh, the second one she points out is the main character, Callum, voiced by Jack DeSena, who also voices Soka from uh, Soka. LA. Saka, Saka, see, 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 I'm an idiot. Um, sees, uh, sees an object while traveling in the desert and ha- and I, and I seem to remember and seems to be mesmerize him for a moment. And he recognizes, he says one word without questioning in recognition, boomerang. So, um, like I said, I don't, I'm, I'm not caught up on this show. I know it's amazing. Um, but that's an interesting one. Yeah, the Dragon Prince uh, on Netflix very much feels like a spiritual successor to the Avatar TV shows. Like, he got some of the same people um, on the team, and like, it even divides each season into books. And it has a similar feel, like a similar tone. Like, it's got that, like, fun adventure feel, like, very cool, very great characters. It's very well written. Uh, I think more people should watch it. And like, as much as I love Avatar, The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, there, there was a time when like while watching the Dragon Prince uh, season three, I thought to myself, you know, I think I might prefer this a little bit over those other shows. Um, Don't come after me. um, Angry mob. But, um, but yeah, I, I love the idea of these two being in the same universe. I, I think that's, Really cool. It reminds me of the um, Easter egg in Rick and Morty and Gravity Falls, or like in Gravity Falls, uh, Grunkle Stan's pencil goes through a portal, and in an episode of Rick and Morty, you can see a pencil coming out of a portal, because I guess the creators were friends, so it's kind of like those are in the same multiverse. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. That's amazing. Um, Okay, so up next, I believe we have Francisco Matayana. Uh, yes. Uh, so Francisco listed from one to five, but we'll go from five to one like we always do. So number five, Tom Bombadil is a blue wizard in Lord of the Rings. I have some thoughts about that, but we'll get back to that. Number four, Kurt Russell is the thing at the end of the movie, The Thing. Yeah, no- I've heard of Number three, Obi-Wan knew about Padme and Anakin, but kept quiet because of Satine. Number two, the matrix within the matrix. 
And number one, the Joker is the hero who saves Gotham in the Dark Knight. Wait, what? That is, I would like to hear further further elaboration on that. What'd you say? That was me putting on the Batman mask for oh people listening on audio. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. The flashbacks now, flashbacks. Um, <laughs> yeah, what? I mean, I mean, from a certain point of view, yeah, Joker thinks he's saving everyone. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would be curious. Like, what's the evidence? What's what's the whole? What's what's Joker's play? What is? Because you know, the the movie version is like some men just want to watch the world burn. Uh, um, you know, that's the whole idea. But uh, he has is a bit deeper than that, maybe. Yeah, I don't know much about this theory. I'm kind of wondering if it's saying that like because of Joker's actions and Batman reacting to it in the Dark Knight, that might have led to like the security of gotham over the next several years between that movie and dark knight rises maybe but yeah i don't i don't know i don't know that whole theory um yeah the matrix within the matrix i'm not really sure what that refers i think the general idea is like you have the matrix right and then obviously like okay it's like oh big reveal it's all the matrix it's all fake and here's the real world oh Oh, yeah, like the world is also in a matrix, right? Yeah, and so I one comment that I saw was basically like they created the matrix within the matrix so that it would stop people from looking for the real, real world because they figured it out. Because you basically have people living in a matrix going, well, I figured it out. I'm I'm the smart one. They don't go looking for, oh, by the way, you're in – you're still in the matrix. Huh. Oh, maybe Matrix Resurrections will touch upon that somehow. There, there's we'll some theories about that too. There's theories I heard uh, on the Weekly Planet podcast. They were talking about how, like, maybe the Matrix is a movie within the Matrix universe. <laughs> oh my and gosh, then, like, that, we'll have another new nightmare situation. <laughs> yeah, because like, think about it though. It's like if it's the Matrix is in a movie. Like, if you're trying to say, "Hey, we're living in a Matrix, we're really a fabricated reality." Oh, you mean like that movie? the matrix like no one would believe you like so it's kind of brilliant right um and for this obi-wan knowing about padme and anakin thing so we know that he knew because of clone wars season seven and like even in legends i read this uh comic miniseries called star wars obsession where he found he was looking for anakin and he knew to find him on Naboo and he's like I don't really care what you two are up to so I guess like even in Legends he knew um but I think the main thing about this theory is that he kept quiet because of the relationship that he would have liked to have had with Satine um at least that's what it sounds like to me I think yeah I think it's definitely like Clone Wars season seven definitely confirmed that like he knew and I think there was always there was always like bits and pieces there you could pick up on that he knew all along um I'm not sure it's because of Satine, um, because I mean Satine is is gone at that point, and like I don't know, like would he would he, for example, be expelled from the Jedi Order because he thought about leaving the Jedi Order? Like I don't know. Um, I think it was more out of respect for Anakin Padme because they were his friends, and you know he liked them and didn't want them to see any trouble. So, but you know who knows? I I, I like the idea of like putting 
Obi-Wan having a different perspective on that and not just right. like, you know, him because of his relationship with Satine was able to relate more to Anakin and Padme versus just like being, Oh, it's by the book and you have to do this <laughs> and Jedi code, this and that. Um, he was better than that. Yeah. And have you ever watched the thing or some of I've seen a lot of clips, enough clips to know I probably don't want to watch the thing. No, uh, it, it's, it's a great film. It's really great. I'm sure but... it is. I just, I've seen the clip where the guy's like trying to put paddles on a guy on a gurney and then he goes through the guy and the guy get, gets his arms chopped off by the thing. And I'm like, Ew. oh, no, <laughs> no, no. Um, so maybe one day. I don't know. Right. But yeah, it's a pretty ambiguous ending. So it's like there I've are two that. people who, may or may not be the thing like it could like it could go either way so yeah i I guess maybe there's like some a written up thing out there that says why it's kurt russell i haven't read it but uh, yeah i mean could be possible um now this lord of the rings one like i know it's a really popular one because um well uh, i guess i should ask um how familiar are you with tom bombadil like have you heard of him and like his role in the books this is literally the first time i've heard the name (laughs) okay so i've seen all the movies i still don't know yeah he's not in the movies so oh really okay yeah so in the fellowship of the ring uh in the book version the hobbits come across him when they're like trying to get out of the shire and they go through the old forest and they have help getting out of these trees from thanks to Tom Bombadil and they go over to his home and weirdly he's like, he's been around since like the beginning of the first stage of middle earth. And when he puts hmm. on, when he puts on the one ring, like he gets, he takes it from Frodo and puts it on his finger, but it doesn't turn him invisible for some reason. And uh, he also finds the hobbits again after they encounter some Barrow Whites um, on their way out of the Shire, and so he's kind of he's kind of just there. Like I think Tolkien originally made him up for a poem, and he's based on a doll that I think maybe his what his kid had or something. Or uh, okay, but but yeah, like it's kind of weird. Like he gets mentioned again during the council of elrond they're like oh that's kind of strange and they're wondering if maybe they should like talk to him and then like at the end of the return of the king when they're on their way back to the shire gandalf says he would like to speak to tom bombadil and learn more about like his place and all this uh but when they get to where he lives like they don't see him there like he's gone for some reason but Hmm. yeah he's kind of like that weird mystery that like it never gets resolved and like i don't know if tolkien really cared about like who to explain like who he was what his deal was but the because he wears blue there's this popular theory that he's one of the i think there are like two blue wizards um that originally came with like gandalf and the others uh to middle earth but i think there's like something about how it like doesn't work like the timeline doesn't match up like i i think there i read somewhere that like the blue wizards didn't arrive at in middle earth at the beginning of the first age like they were elsewhere during that time and so i think there's some stuff against this and some of the text material i just don't have it handy but yeah that's like a really popular one to explain oh 
pretty much just a random character who appears in the books. Wow. I, I maybe I've heard of the name, maybe because I am, you know, I'm fairly familiar with the, 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 all the Tolkien lore. Um, very, very fascinating stuff. I love that whole universe is amazing. Um, and, it, and it's, it's amazing to like hear, like, I mean, the movies are so dense. And then you bring in the books and all this kind of stuff. It just gets, just piles on. Um, yeah. the fact that the, the fact that the movies are so long. If there's still stuff that they cut out, like it <laughs> yeah. kind of boggles my mind, kind of. But uh, that's amazing. Thank you for explaining that because I, I was very curious about that. Um, okay, we have one more. We have a couple more. We have uh, Dylan Carlson on Facebook who simply says, Omega is Ray's mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't think Jody Comer can looks like a female clone of uh tim morrison <laughs> I, I don't really see that i mean i like the idea right. um it would be weird that ray is their his ray's parents were both clones <laughs> or both oh yeah that's true because <laughs> because what what is it i think the the canon confirmation was that the whatever his name is the son of palpatine is not actually a son he is a failed clone of yeah of, of sheev yeah so the, the new robot be, chicken sketch even mentions that <laughs> oh my god i saw that they <laughs> they got they got the whole gang back for more and they're parodying rise of skywalker i cannot wait um to see that um but yeah i don't i don't know i don't know i don't want to say anything dylan but i don't i don't think that works but yeah uh, like I mean, like, let, let's face it, Omega should have looked more like Django in the show. Like, it, it really boggles my mind that in the lead up to the show, like, because of how she looks, there were all these theories that she's a Palpatine clone. And, like, <laughs> if, if that was going on, then you know something was wrong with the way they were animating her. Um, yeah, I've heard I've heard that they're fixing that. They're, hope, they're yeah, they're, hopefully, they're, yeah. Yeah, cuz uh they're they're, they're they're there's an awful lot of pale characters that probably aren't supposed to be pale. Um so it's a it's a little weird. Hopefully they'll they'll tweak it a little bit and make it look better for for season 2. Um but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Oh, okay, really quick. Not really quick actually because Din from F105 sent us a kind of a long one and i'll, I'll run through this really quick because this is a lot okay. and then you, you can you can finish up with jake's when we get to jake's um so din says i don't know if this is a fan theory but my gut feeling still stands that for feige to do a star wars movie he would need something big and that big thing is a luke movie between the mando season two finale and the force awakens they're simply waiting for the tech to be ready to combine a sebastian stan performance enhanced not replaced by an AI Luke face and voice. Okay, wow. That's a lot. Okay, Din. I like where you're going with this, though. Um, <laughs> my other main theory, my other main fan theory appears to be, appears to have been true. Since 2005, I have said that Lucas had Padme tell Obi-Wan they're still good at Anakin to set up a future Kenobi movie uh, where realizing Anakin isn't dead goes on a quest to see if there is good in him Padme's words ringing in his ears and soul. This is confirmed by what Lucas had Vader tell Luke in Return of the Jedi when Luke says there is still good in him. He responds, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Lucas sets up that we hadn't seen that yet and suggested at the moment, the moment in Return of the in Revenge of the Sith that we will. 
We have never seen Obi-Wan think there is still good in Anakin. In Revenge of the Sith, he was convinced that he is completely gone by Yoda. Um, I hear a Kenobi film was one of the ideas Lucas sold to Disney, and it's pretty clear that it has been sending up one since at least 2005. That's that's a lot to unpack. But yeah, I, 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 I've, I've thought on both of these things, yeah. Um, so do you want to go over the Obi-Wan thing first? Or the, yeah, for whichever like, one you want. Okay, so for the Obi-Wan thing, I, I don't want to, like, be sour on, like, people, but I, I feel like sometimes we give George Lucas a bit too much credit for what we what he may or may not have planned. You're not wrong, all right? You're not wrong. <laughs> like, I honestly think in Re- when he was making Revenge of the Sith, he didn't there were some things he didn't quite take into account that, oh, I need to have this happen to make sense. Like, okay, he did get C-3PO's memory wiped, sure, but there's like, it just felt like there was a lot happening in that movie to the point where some of it feels kind of rushed and it was basically him cramming lots of his ideas so that he can get to his thesis statement at the end, which is how Anakin tragically turns to the dark side and like, I don't think he was necessarily setting up an Obi-Wan movie. I think he might have, like, not realized that he was kind of retconning what Vader had said in Return of the Jedi. Um, or maybe there's a different interpretation, like a different way to read what Vader said. Um, but I think you've, maybe it was you, Ben, you may have talked about how the Obi-Wan show could potentially, like, sort of make this a bit cleaner and sort of explain some of these discrepancies like even if it wasn't lucas's idea to have that happen yeah my whole deal with that is like my first thought of like oh obi-wan and and vader are gonna meet again in the kenobi series i'm like whoa okay that's that's weird but on second thought i'm like it could work because we've grown to live with it but revenge of sith and a new hope they do not mesh very well they just don't <laughs> all right as movies as the story does not mesh that well it's it's a very it's a very there's a lot of things that don't match up and i love both movies your, your father and, wanted you to have this lightsaber exactly and there's so much open to interpretation and, and you know it, it's like i i'm not complaining all right the Revenge says it's 15 years old and a new hope's over 40 years old like it, it's all in the past Right. I don't think they could screw it up any more than it already is. I think they have an opportunity, and maybe, maybe Din's on to something here. I'm not going to discount the idea that maybe George was sitting on this himself and going like, man, I screwed up. <laughs> I didn't make it quite the way I wanted to. I was just focused on like making this giant battle over a volcano, and I didn't really think about the whole specifics of like what needed to happen. Right. Doing a rematch, and there's a lot of time there, it could work. And I think maybe we might find that out. I, I think if it's a, if it's an idea from George Lucas, I have a feeling that would be something that like Disney and Lucasfilm would like want us to know. They'd be like, okay, this is something that came from George because you guys, even though you hated George like 10 years ago, you love him now. So you're going to love this. If we tell you that it's from George Lucas. So um, yeah, I, I like where Dylan was going with this. I'm, I, I agree with you. It, we give George a little too much credit sometimes, but I think there there's something here. There's something that could be really special here that uh, that could have been in the making for a while. 
Yeah, maybe. Like, I guess it'll depend on, like, like if we get an interview that comes out, maybe it could shed some light on some of this. It's true. Yeah. Um, okay, so for the Feige thing, so I've always had mixed feelings about how Luke's face looks at the end of Mando Season 2. Same. Like, I would have been okay if they had just used Max Lloyd-Jones' his own face. Like, he looks in, like he could look like Luke Skywalker. Like, Same. he doesn't have to look exactly like Mark Hamill, but he could look like Luke just as himself. So, uh, whether it be him or Sebastian Stan, I'd be fine with either of them playing a live-action Luke. Um, but I'd also be really fine with Feige doing a Star Wars movie that's more new characters. Like, I loved Mando Season 1 because it focused more on the new characters. So, I don't know, yeah. maybe maybe it could happen, or maybe it's something else. But, hey, Feige has a good track record, so maybe there's something to this. It's possible. I'm very interested to see what Feige does. Like, I just, like, what... <laughs> Him being all about Marvel, that's his one thing. But like, he's gonna do a Star Wars movie. Like, what's that about? I want to know what he what he has in mind, and you know, and who's gonna direct it, who's gonna write it, all this kind of stuff. Him being what his role is he gonna have in it? Very like that's the most like out there like intriguing idea that they've put forward with these new slate of Star Wars films. Is like, okay, what what could this be? Like, I can kind of expect what Taika Waititi is going to do. Cause he's going to do a Taika Waititi thing. Cause he's Taika Waititi, but like Feige, bit of a wild card there. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but with Taika Waititi, like Thor Ragnarok has a lot of funny stuff. There's some mood whiplash here and there. Um, I love what he did with IG 11 and Mandalorian, yeah. but after watching his other films recently, like his non-franchise films, I'm on. I'd honestly be more excited to hear what more he does outside of these franchises than within them. Now, obviously, I'm gonna watch Taika's movie, uh, and because it's Star Wars, and if it's in the far-flung past, and that could be more interesting. But that's basically my whole take on Taika Waititi in general. Like, I love his stuff outside of franchises like a lot. So. Yeah, like I'm looking forward to seeing what more he does with that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely looking forward to all these, but yeah, the the Taika is gonna be uh again another wild card that we don't know uh what yeah. could possibly happen. Um okay, I think the last one we have, um maybe for now, we might try to squeeze a few more in towards the end of the show, but for right now, the last one we've got is our good buddy Jake Damon. He said when there's a little bit ago. And we cannot ignore him. Uh, Steven, tell him what he says. Right. So Jake says in, oh, he says in no particular order, but he's still Okay, all like right. I think I have a theory. I have a theory of my own. I think Jake is trolling <laughs> me. All yeah, right. Because he, he says he, he'd in be no the one to do that. order, and then he puts numbers on them. Jake, do you... You know what you're doing, all right, <laughs> Jake. You're not. You're 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 playing with me. You're playing with my emotions. How dare you? Keep going with the list. I'll I'll just sit back and listen. Okay, so I'll I'll start with the five. Uh, number five, Ferris Bueller is a made up character by Cameron. Yeah, we've heard of that one earlier before as well. It's, lots of people love that one. Uh, number four, the Joker in the Dark Knight is an Iraq War veteran suffering from PTSD. Yeah, we heard of that from. Dan Grievous as well. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a re- another popular one. Um, number three, all the Pixar films take place in the same universe. Pixar so, theory. Yeah, going back to the Pixar theory. Uh, number two, that 007 is actually a Time Lord, which would explain his many faces. Um, I like that. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll just talk about that one real quick. So that's one I actually considered putting on my top five. Um, I love it because it explains the different faces. And like, obviously, when you watch all the films, it's like you have Sean Connery for a few movies and then this other guy named George, George A. Lazenby. But then it's Sean Connery again in the next movie. And like, if it was just a code name, like if 007 or James Bond was just a code name, that wouldn't really, maybe it wouldn't make as much sense. But if there's time travel involved and he's a time lord, then hey, like anything is possible. And one of the James Bond actors, um, Timothy Dalton, he actually played Rassilon, a, a very prominent Time Lord in Doctor Who. So maybe mm, yeah, James yeah, yeah. Bond is Rassilon, possibly. I, I don't know, but that's yeah. an interesting theory. Yeah, because like you could like yeah, go like theory. <laughs> yeah, like at least Doctor Who like went to the thing of like okay, our character has different faces every once in a while. We're gonna explain that. 007 that we never get the explanation but maybe there is an explanation (laughs) yeah so that i love that one uh number one is kind of similar uh mary poppins is a time lady explaining her use of her handbag that appears to be bigger on the inside i freaking love this yeah and hey maybe that would also explain the actress change with uh mary poppins returns which i still need to watch even after all these years she she regenerated but she didn't like i because like isn't mary poppins returns is like the kids are like grown up i think i think that's the plot Mm, of that movie i don't know (laughs) i can't remember i'm pretty sure it's like it's in the future but like a car she hasn't changed she's supposed to be you know young so like that also adds like she just regenerated and she's got a bag that's bigger on the inside maybe that's her TARDIS. she just carries it around instead of um flying and she can just fly to i love that theory that's that's probably one of my favorites out of all the the ones that we just read off really good stuff yeah so great list jake um, great list yeah. everyone but okay so we have but one more list and it's from our good buddy, Mr. Zach Arnold. Um, he sent in his own list. He couldn't be here tonight, but he decided to bring one himself. And uh, on his number five, he says, the Pixar f- theory, all films are actually in one universe. And that's Hi, a very heard popular of that one. one. Never heard <laughs> of that one before. And that's one that me and him have talked about at length before. Um, uh, number four, Nemo is a placebo to help Marlon cope with his wife's death and isn't actually alive. <laughs> and Zach explains in Latin, Nemo translates to no one. This helps spur the theory that Marlon's son doesn't actually exist in Finding Nemo but it's just an invention he uses in order to come to terms with the death of his wife. We see Marlon go through the five stages of grief in the film. First, denial when he invites, he, he invents Nemo's eggs after the rest of his family is killed. Uh, second, anger as he freaks out whenever Nemo is too far away from him. Third, bargaining as he convinces Dory to join his quest and then puts her up with her. Uh, fourth, despair when he sees Nemo flush down the toilet. 
And finally, acceptance as he's able to let Nemo go off on his own in the end. Um, <laughs> that's a wild one. Um, and oh, of the return of the Tarzan uh, for, for number three, Tarzan and Frozen characters are Anna and Elsa are related. So this is about, I think it's just the whole theory about... Yeah, like that, Tarzan is a sibling of theirs. It's and like the long-lost sibling. Yeah. And then their parents got killed. And then Tarzan ended up on the island or whatever. Yeah, in and Africa, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, and then number two, Indiana Jones is pointless <laughs> to the plot of the events of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Everything would have played out exactly the same. Zach, we've been over this. We've been over this. We've talked about this in the Raiders episode. Um, I think this is a dumb theory. Um, I could say that because this is Zach. Um, um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, I, I it's mean, without, without it's, it's, it's Valor, I guess. Yeah, I mean, even if things would have happened the same, I think the important thing to take away is how the events change Indy. Like, Sure, the events will have happened the same, even if he wasn't involved. But because of his involvement, he, like, you know, you see how his relationship with Marion changes. And, um, of course, I guess that leads to a shower buff being born eventually. But anyway, um, so, yeah, I think there's more to uh, watching Raiders and thinking, oh, Indy could have just been left out and it would have been the same. Like, it's still fun to see him in the adventure. Like, yeah. 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 It's funny. Um, and then number one, obviously, has to be a friend's reference, it has to be a friend's <laughs> theory. Um, number one, Rachel from Friends slept with Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec and on the first date, no less. So I actually read up on this a little bit. Apparently, Rachel mentions going out with a guy named Ben Wyatt. And of course, this is before Parks and Rec, but Parks and Rec and Friends were on the same network. So, and the timeline kind of matches up. So they're thinking Ben Wyatt, but also Ben Wyatt, as as someone named Ben, I think I'm it's safe to say <laughs> that like Ben Wyatt sounds like a name you could easily make up if you're a writer. Like so, and and or maybe I don't know. Maybe the Parks and Rec people like took it from them. I don't know. Ben um, Wyatt, the Star Wars guy. <laughs> he actually he actually is a Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, oh gosh, yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. I haven't watched Friends. Um, but uh, I, I wish Zach, Zach, Zach I, is Zach is like shaking his head at you. I know, right now. <laughs> I know. We've lost him. He's turned off his uh, iPod or whatever. Um, but one day, Zach, one day I will. But uh, I, I wish Zach was here to actually like fully explain this and why this is a brilliant idea. But yeah, he's not. Like, we'll, we'll get his opinion later. Yeah, like I read the link he provided us with too, and yeah, like there's that mention of one of her old boyfriends being named Ben Wyatt. But the link that he sent us also mentioned that a wrinkle in this theory is that Friends is mentioned as a TV show within Parks and Rec. And oh, like, wow. Yeah, and I looked this up, and there's even an episode um, of Parks and Rec where there's a telethon, and Leslie Nope, uh, Amy Poehler's character, is like saying, my second favorite episode of Friends is the Thanksgiving one where Chandler is in a box, and you know she's mentioning the characters and stuff, so... Yeah, it's kind of a wrinkle in the theory. Um, Seems like Parks and Rec is the real world and Friends is a fictional world. But yeah, I mean, mean, it's still funny that like the names are in both shows, at least. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh wow yeah that's uh that's funny that's funny there's been some great lists tonight everyone yeah. has produced some really great ones stuff that i've i've never heard of stuff that I, of course i've heard from years um but now now it is time for yours and i mind list i can't talk all right it's getting late guys <laughs> um it's later than i want it to be because i could literally do this all night this has been a blast but uh i have my list i like i was telling you before we got on the show i uncharacteristically had my list ready to go before we started that never happens how does that happen like this is like one of the hardest ones and somehow I was prepared for it. Um, I hope nice. you're prepared for this. I hope you're prepared for this. Um, Be prepared. So- <laughs> yes. Okay, so if you have any honorable mentions, feel free to mention them here. And also, you can go ahead and dive into your number five if you'd like. All right, yeah. Like, I, So this was like really tough narrowing it down to my top five. Like, I jawed down a lot of stuff. Um, but, like, I think I'll just have, like... I, I can mention two honorable mentions right now. So one of them is the Ray nobody theory. Hmm. Like I know, th- I know that that got debunked, but it was an idea that I really loved. Like between force awakens and last Jedi, I got really tired of hearing like the Ray Kenobi and Ray Tarkin theories and all that stuff. And I just, I was just like, I, I just want Ray to be a, a, anyone like and it would show that right. a hero could come from anywhere like they don't have to be related to anyone important and i thought that last jedi confirmed that and then rise of skywalker like undid that so right <laughs> right yeah like the only thing that um happened that went along with what i was hoping would happen was that she got adopted into the skywalker family so that that final scene in episode nine i feel was perfect it's just the stuff that like led up to it like wasn't how i thought it would go um yeah yeah. that was basically my thoughts (laughs) on right skywalkers like the ending is perfect because everything that led up to it was like okay i don't know how i feel about this um but i I guess it ended the way i wanted to so i really shouldn't be complaining (laughs) yeah and the other honorable mention uh this is actually a doctor who theory that i heard from my friend keon um uh, who's on the trustier doctor uh podcast so um this relates to like the final peter capaldi story from a few years ago um Mm. it it was a christmas special and like he meets the like he and the first doctor go on an an adventure and so uh, my friend keon's theory was that when like they're both at points in their lives where they're about to regenerate. Like one is about to regenerate into two, uh, like Patrick Troughton's doctor and 12 is about to regenerate into 13, which is Jodie Whittaker's doctor. And so Keon's theory was that when they shook hands, they swapped regeneration energy and that he thinks that, well, at the time he was thinking that maybe originally um, William Hartnell, the first doctor, was about to regenerate into Jodie Whittaker, and Capaldi was about to regenerate into Patrick Troughton. And so, when they like swap regenerate, when they shake hands, they swap the incarnations they're about to regenerate into, and that's why you have like all these years without a female doctor or whatever. Oh like- wow, <laughs> that's amazing! <laughs> like, like I don't think that was the intention, but it's a fun theory to think about, and I really like it. <laughs> wow, that's okay. Yeah, the, 
Doctor Who is convoluted enough. That's that's adding another wrinkle to it. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it was hard to follow for some people who haven't like kept up with it. But yes, that's amazing. <laughs> or even people who have kept up with it. I don't know. Who am I to say? Yeah, yeah, me. Um, All right. So I, um, yeah, I think you're number five. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were gonna say your honorable mentions first, or I'll I'll go ahead and say mine really quick. I guess. Okay, I, I, I only have one. I only have one, and it's been talked about a lot, so I really don't have much to say about it. The Pixar theory. I, I really, <laughs> I really do. I I love that one. I love the Pixar movies. I'm still not caught up on all the Pixar movies. We're gonna have to work on that on this show one of these days. But uh, yeah, it's it's just like I I love it when people will try like, oh yeah, all of. You know what is it? Quentin Tarantino's movies, all of his are like in one universe yeah. or whatever else. Like they'll they'll try to do things like that. I'm like, I know that's not the intention, but I love just like Actually, trying with, to make it work. With Tarantino, I think it is the intention. I think he may have talked about it at some point. That so. sounds like Tarantino, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so that makes sense that makes sense that, i'm that might actually be true he may have confirmed that um so uh <laughs> yeah maybe but uh yeah that's all i have for that one uh for honorable mentions uh because uh i was the only one that, that that didn't make the cut for me but uh for you what is your number five all right so my number five is another pixar related one funny oh. enough so this is the theory that uh, Woody used to be Andy's dad's toy. Oh. And, yeah, and now I know that there is one that was like circulating a few years ago where someone was like, oh, I heard this from someone who worked on Toy Story that passed away that Andy's dad had polio as a, ki- as a kid. <gasps> and so oh, he my like- goodness. Yeah, it was really weird. It was like, oh, so he only had toys to play with. And as he became an adult, like before he passed away, he gave it to Andy. And um, like, I I think one of the people working on the Toy Story movies then came out and said fake news or something like that (laughs) discounted that whole thing. Um, Like, I don't think the like disease part is necessary. Like it could be like maybe Andy's parents had a divorce or something like maybe that's what's going on um like early in andy's life but in in any case i really like the idea of woody being uh andy's dad's toy and like on one hand it explains his attachment to woody but on the other hand i can totally understand like how it, it might be more significant if he's not his dad's toy and he just loves woody for woody like you know and Toy Story 3, he's picking between Woody and Buzz, and he puts Buzz up in the attic and wants to bring Woody with him. Right, so, right, right. So, like, I, it could go either way, I guess, but I think it's, like, a really nice, uh, cute idea that Woody is Andy's dad's toy. Well, in Toy Story 2, Al is trying to buy Woody, and she right. says, oh, it's an old family toy. It's not like, oh, it's my son's, it's oh, an old family toy, like... This has oh. been in my family for generations, maybe. You know, it was my husband's and it got passed down to my son. Like there, <laughs> there's there's stuff there. I think this has legs. I like this. Um yeah, and, I mean Woody's uh, a really old toy. Like he was popular in the late fifties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There is that like 
you don't you don't know quite when like Toy Story is set, but like you can tell like there's another that seems era. Like the nineties like, for nineties, nineties, and then like there's the fifties. So like Woody's like goes like way back, and uh, obviously all the other toys are like collectors items, and you know usually modern toys aren't collectors items; they aren't that valuable to be put in a museum. So that's a lot. That's that's thing admitting. There's okay. I like this. I like this a lot. All right, there, you're making me think. Um, I need to move on to my number five. Um, yeah, what's your number different. five? What my number five is something completely different. Something that is actually based on something recent. Something that I had not heard until like yesterday when I was researching this. Uh, so my number five is that in the MCU, John Walker is one of the failed uh, spawn. Of ego, the living planet. Huh. So where this comes from is the fact that obviously in the real world, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, why am I? Why am I blanking on the names of these characters and also the names of the freaking actors? Um, uh, this Wyatt Russell. Russell, Wyatt Russell, Wyatt Russell. Who plays John Walker is the son of Kurt Russell, who plays Ego. I did not um, know this before. Really? Right you didn't yeah. know this? That's I didn't know. I, I didn't know the name of the actor who played John Walker. I, oh yeah. my gosh! Okay, and I've never wow. heard this theory at all. But so okay, wow. so for for those, maybe you're not the only person that know. Okay, so so John Walker, played by White Russell, famously the uh, or maybe not so famously because. You didn't know. Um, he is the son of uh, Goldie Hawn and uh, Kurt Russell. And so they, I mean, if you look at, like, I didn't really know that either until I heard when Falcon Red Soldier was coming out. And then when you look at it and you look at White Russell, you're like, oh, wow, he does look like Kurt Russell a lot. Like, he's a, he's like almost a spitting image of his father. And, but, uh, so this is kind of retconning that into the universe of like, okay, why does... Why does Ego and and this guy look so much alike? And we know that Ego went through, you know, all kinds of people and right. uh, did a lot of bad things and got it on with a bunch of women throughout the galaxy and maybe did it with more than one Earth woman and had thing. But like, I think in Guardians Volume Two, I think they say that like, there's a whole like cave of bones and they're like that fact that like he killed any of the kids that maybe didn't work out. Oh, wow. So maybe that's maybe maybe this is like unlike most theories this is less dark than the actual answer in the movies. But I still love the idea of like maybe somehow maybe that's why he's such an asshole. Because <laughs> his dad was an asshole. He's from space. Yeah. <laughs> John Walker. And but and, and like you would think, oh, well, maybe he has celestial blood, but like he's he's a normal guy. Like the his whole point of his character is that he's uh he's <coughs> he's a normal guy with just not not very good reflexes. So uh yeah, who knows? kind of kind of like Palpatine's clone son in a way. Right. He just came out normal, which is why he's failed, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway, that's that's my number five. Yeah, that's a wild one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right out of the gate with a wild one. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so going on to your number four then. All right, so my number four 
is actually a theory that I thought of on my own. Really? Yeah, like several years ago. Um, I think it got debunked by the comics, but... Okay, so this is a Back to the Future theory. So years, years ago, my theory was that you know, when they go to 2015, it's all futuristic. There are flying right. cars. Uh, so my theory was that at the end of Back to the Future 3, Marty avoids the car accident. And from that point onward, the future is different, right? And so what I was thinking is maybe the car accident in that earlier timeline could have been what inspired people to make scientific advancements uh even quicker like make flying cars safer cars uh, that type oh, of stuff wow. and so yeah that was like my theory at the time but then like i got into the back to the future comics and like Verset after part three and marty uh goes to the future and it's still futuristic so i guess it kind of debunks it but at the same time uh, one of the creators of back to the future uh, one of the bobs uh, said uh, it, it has time travel, so everything is canon and nothing is canon. So, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> because, like, they establish in the movies that, like, you can go back in time and change something, and then the future is going to be different. Like, that's right. the whole shtick of that universe. So, like, he's right. Like, anything is possible. It's like, it's like the multiverse. Yeah. So, like that, that, that basically explain why our 2015 was just normal. <laughs> normal. Because, like, it, it just, they kept screwing around because yeah. <laughs> there was still, like, they destroyed the original DeLorean, but then they had the train DeLorean or train time machine. Yeah. So, you know, they just kept going on. And there, who knows? There might have been multiple versions, like Rick and Morty could just be, you know, multiple versions of those characters just running around, running amok in the universe. Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's a really fun, uh, telltale video game of back to the future set after three it really feels like a sequel movie or mini series type of thing it's really well made like i recommend everyone play it if they're able to that's cool Uh, but yeah i love that series and like yeah that's a theory that i had one time (laughs) that's cool (laughs) oh man that that's really cool i love back to the future so I, i love some we haven't had any back to the future theories tonight i don't think uh, okay, so on to my number four, and it's it's a Star Wars theory. It's actually the own not not the only Star Wars theory. I'm gonna take that back. It is is the second Star Wars theory on my list, and okay. it's the theory. It's been around for a long time. It's the thing that Kendall Ozel, Admiral Kendall Ozel from The Empire Strikes Back, is a rebel spy within the Empire. So basically, he's not. He's not as clumsy as he is stupid. He's not an idiot. He knows what he's doing. He intentionally mm-hmm. dropped out of hyperspace too close to Hoth to alert the rebels because he was working for him the entire time. <laughs> I actually like this quite a lot. I like the idea of, you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe because we, we've since then we've got, you know, Hux who I don't care if you win. I just want like, what is what is his motivation? Like, who knows? We know tons of Imperials throughout the ages callous on down even han solo like defected from the empire we know it's possible yeah so what if what if you have a you know a high up admiral one of the highest people in the empire possibly uh, being sympathetic to the rebellion maybe working for him who knows yeah i think i've heard this 
theory before. It, it's a really interesting one. Um, did Ozzel got a s- story in well, those from a certain point of view books, didn't he? If so, he I can't remember what happened. Did. I don't remember what happened either. I don't think it confirmed this theory. Otherwise, I, we probably have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I feel I like think, we would have remembered if he, Right, did. that would have been yeah. like huge news to like, they confirmed this com- this theory. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have been crazy. I think it probably just, I can't remember what it is. The, 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 from a certain point of view books, they're, they're good and sometimes they're not. <laughs> Some of the stories are really great. Some of them are not. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't I mean, remember the, the Ozzel story, so maybe it wasn't that great. Yeah, like the really good ones outweigh the meh or not so memorable ones yeah. for me. Like they don't, there are they don't, none of them last very long. You can get to them, get through them pretty quickly right. if you don't like them, um, because there is some there's some stinkers in there. There's some there's some <laughs> ones that are like who wrote this. Yeah, there's a one where it's all from a mouse droid's point of view, and so from so the if you're worst. listening to the if you're it's listening the to the the audio version, it's so repetitive and annoying. And I thought that was going to drive me insane. I because I yeah. I do the audiobooks, and that was oh uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> no thank you. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, that that's my number four. Ozil Ozil is secret secret rebel. Nice. All right. Uh, so my number four. Um, oh wait, I'm on my number three now because I, I, yes, yeah, I did. I'm on number four, and you did too. I think we're on number threes now. Yeah, because Back to the Future was four, and Toy Story was five. Yeah, okay. Uh, so my number three then um, is Doctor Who related. Mm. Yeah, and. This actually goes like way back. So when I got into Doctor Who back in 2013, I started from the very beginning from like the first Doctor onward, watching all the classic stuff, working my way to the newer stuff. And one of the weird things that I noticed was in this fourth Doctor story called The Brain of Morbius, there's a moment where he and this other, this evil... um I guess, former Time Lord, who's basically like Frankenstein's monster now or brain in a jar type of thing. Like uh, they have like a battle of the minds. And so you get to see inside of the doctor's mind, like on a screen, it shows images of the previous doctors, like uh, third, second and first. And then Morbius says, how long have you lived doctor? And it shows eight more faces before um well like after it shows like the first three doctors and so the the, those are people who like i guess worked behind the scenes of doctor who and when i watched that episode um like i thought to myself oh i guess the original intention was that the fourth doctor was actually the 12th incarnation of the doctor because this was close to the time where um like the the where the incarnation after Tom Baker would be the final incarnation. If they're going with like the regeneration limit of like 12 regenerations, therefore 13 yeah, incarnations. Um, So like, and, and like that was their intention at the time they made this was that those were pre William Hartnell doctors. But when they got around to the fifth doctor's era, there was this store, there's this, 
serial called Modern Undead, where it actually retcons that, and like he says, he's the fifth, uh, like incarnation. So pretty much ignores like those other eight faces, I guess, wow. so that they can have more doctors after him and not worry. Um, so my theory to like still make that work was that you know the doctor never says their name, and so maybe there's like. And like Stephen Moffat even like said, maybe he has like a nasty secret or something. And so my idea was that maybe the doctor was more of a villain before going on his adventures, um, like as the first doctor. And if he was more like his evil rival, the master, maybe he was a type of person who would worry about his mortality and even steal other people's bodies. Like maybe he had those eight previous incarnations as a different body and then like hijacked someone else's body and like started the regeneration cycle over from there. Um, so yeah, that, that was basically that too long didn't read version is that the doctor <laughs> was evil and then stole someone else's body and the regeneration cycle reset. Um, Interesting. And, yeah. And um yeah, and so recent on-screen Doctor Who stuff confirmed part of that, but debunked part of that as well. So I, I won't get too specific <laughs> about it, but I, I do like that the recent stuff kind of confirmed a bit of that. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I, I love I love all the lore Doctor Who. I remember getting into it when I was watching the show way back in the day and yeah it's it's funny and now they've like is that there was the rule about there can only be 12 generations regenerations yeah but now we're on 13 with with jody whittaker there was also the war doctor and others right yeah and then there's there was another doctor was another female doctor that showed up during jody whittaker's thing and then she's leaving so there's you know obviously going to be another regeneration so i mean it's like the show is ever going to end so come on <laughs> um but uh, i love that i love that whole idea all right so i guess it's on to my number three i'm gonna look at my yeah. notes um so this is one that's actually um myself and dan grievous were of the same mind um i did not take this from you dan all right i did not all right i thought this up on my own it's the theory about owen grady chris pratt from Jurassic World being the kid from the uh, first Jurassic Park movie, um, nice. and I won't I won't spend too much time on this because we've already talked about it. But like basically, you know, just the whole idea of like Alan Grant threatening this kid and this kid's being like, "Oh, dinosaurs, whatever." It's like a big chicken or whatever. Like he's he's just a, he's just a little asshole, and then <laughs> you know, it would be funny to like Alan Grant scared this kid straight. He ends up becoming a. Uh, you know, and, and where would that kid be now? Like, if it's not Chris Pratt, where is that kid now? Now that the dinosaurs have taken over the world, um, and what's what's his thoughts now? Um, so I, I just I love that theory. It's been floating probably working out. Asking Robbins, <laughs> <laughs> Asking Robbins always finds out. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I just I love that little theory. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's my number third, number three. Yeah. All right. Nice. Now, my number two is actually something I heard from Jesse, whom we've mentioned previously. He's from the Question Possible Answer podcast. So 
You know, on my Facebook, sometimes I post random things. Um, last week, I was posting a lot of Blue's Clues stuff. As you do. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got to talking about the, like, Steve and Joe thing. Like, as a kid, I didn't mind, like, Steve uh, being replaced with Joe. Like, I like that they didn't just have donovan Patton play steve and just be like oh steve looks kind of different like they didn't talk down to the audience they handled the transition really well but the idea is that um that steve went to college because his younger brother joe also went to college and graduated and he figured hey if my little brother joe can do that like maybe i can do that too so like (laughs) you know steve didn't go to college right after high school because like that was something i wondered about as a kid but as an adult i'm like okay like not everyone goes to college right away like everyone goes at different speeds and like knowing like the different speeds of people within my family when it comes to college it's like yeah like i really like that theory that he was inspired by his younger brother it's really cute yeah dad that's that's interesting i love again Blues Clues, there's not enough Blues, blues Clues fan theories. Um, and uh, and you, clues, you could also, I, I appreciate you go like really dark with that. You could you could go to some really dark places turning a, a kid's show into something like really, that it's not. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Blues Clues is all rage now. Like all, all of us that grew up with it, like it's, it's a big deal now. And then Steve's coming back and going like, I'm proud of you. I'm like, I love you, Steve. I missed you, Steve. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. That's a, that's a great, that's a great idea. I love that. I love that you're, you're like bringing up your own theories. You're like being like, you're going extra creative here with your own theories that you've, that you've come up with, which I appreciate. Yeah, and that one was um, Jesse's theory. So thank, thanks for that food for thought, Jesse. I really like that one. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, um, so I don't think any of the ones that I have on my list are ones that I made up, but most of them are popular that I came up with. This one was extremely popular a few years ago. This is my number two. Actually, <laughs> you said number two. I- it's it's a sad thing that Zach is not here to witness this. The fact that I put this theory at number two on my list. Oh wow. Somewhere Zach is laughing his ass off. Um so my number two is the quote unquote Thanus theory. Oh I know what this is. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. So it is the theory that I think this was in leading up to either Infinity War or Endgame. Yeah. Ant Man was going to show up just in the nick of time, and he was going to get real small, and he was going to go up Thanos's butt, and he was going to enlarge himself, and he was going to explode Thanos from the inside out, and that's how they were going to win. Um, and we were all disappointed when it. It seemingly got debunked. It didn't happen. Um, that never really happened. Yeah, this um, is the reason- perfect as your number two. <laughs> it really is. I I swear I didn't do that on purpose, but here we are. Um, but what the way I bring this up and what kind of brought it up thing is people were talking about the fact that in What If, the most yeah. recent What If, not the most recent one, the second and most recent yeah, one, last um, week, the, yeah. the zombie one, uh, which I really, really liked. It's probably my favorite of the episodes. Um, we have a thing. It's it's a little different, but kind of the same. It's Hope Van Dyne goes inside Sharon Carter. 
goes into her mouth and then explodes out. And he's like, I got Sharon all over me. And people were like, wait a minute. They did it. They finally did it. They did the, they did the famous one. It just was, uh, not quite the same, but, uh, kind of kind of confirmed that theory from way back in the day yeah. that never really happened so uh i felt it felt like it just it's it, so many memes like that it was just great yeah that's that was a funny one that like went around and then people got really annoyed with it really <laughs> um but yeah okay so i guess i'm on my number one now we're wow. down to the number ones i can't believe it yeah, okay, so this one pertains to something that you and I, like a show that you and I have talked about that we both love, and we even oh did goodness. an episode on, of course, Can't wait. the classic sitcom Seinfeld. Oh, yes. um, Seinfeld theory, yes! Yeah, <laughs> and this comes from a meme that I saw in like a Seinfeld meme group called Seinfeld Soup Posting, and oh it's um like basically um the idea is that Newman's first name is Jerry. And so when Jerry Seinfeld moved into the apartment, like they, they were in the elevator together and he was like, Hey, uh, I, I like to be referred to as Jerry. So could you have people referred to you as your last name, like Seinfeld? And he's like, yeah, sure. I don't care. And then Kramer comes in and refers to Jerry Seinfeld as Jerry and Jerry Newman as Newman. And then that's when Newman gets enraged and is like, Seinfeld and that's when the rivalry starts oh my god <laughs> yeah it's a hilarious <laughs> meme that made me laugh out loud because <laughs> I never because like Newman is is Newman we never get a first name um and it takes us a while to get a first name for Kramer yeah um so that is amazing I like and like that would like play into it like the fact that like he's like competing with Jerry because they have the, so the same name and he, like, he doesn't want people to know that all this kind of stuff and they don't want to get confused. Oh man. There's a lot. I feel like if Seinfeld had went on for like 20 seasons or like st- <laughs> it was just still going on yeah, for some reason. Seinfeld that. Was in that a <laughs> <laughs> That's the finale we wanted. Larry <laughs> David. We wanted Jerry waking up in a hospital and it and was all a zombies. dream. <laughs> It was all a dream or it was zombies. I, I love there's there's jokes about um, I've seen around where it's like the Seinfeld crew, but like it's during the pandemic. And like, oh, it's yeah. Like, like storylines that would happen on the show. Like, you know, the, all these things that are happening and like I can't remember, like George doing really petty things still with like, you know, it just it's just like I need to look that up. That's some funny stuff. Not yeah. theory related, but just good stuff. Yeah, like there was this fan video that someone made where he played like every Seinfeld character and it was like Seinfeld, but during the pandemic or something. And it was hilarious. You know, they do. There's one little reunion episode. I think it's from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. They come back and it's and it's George has been married and now he's divorced, I think. And now he has an app with uh, it's like a bathroom toilet app. I toilet. Yeah. (laughs) so good oh i could go on and on about seinfeld and okay we we, yeah. we ain't got that much time all right we got <laughs> one more we got one more it's my number one and it's something that i, I really is low-hanging fruit for me but I, I thought about it today i'm like this has to be my number one even though it's probably one of the most popular theories like period and probably the most memed theory i've ever seen 
I think I know what this is going to be, but go on. (laughs) I think you know where I'm going with this. So it is the theory that the Indiana Jones films were all a dream of Han Solo while he was in Carbonite. Oh, that's not what I expected. What were you expecting? What were you expecting? Well, I thought you were going to say something that would have prompted me to say your Snoke theory sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Snoke was tempting. It's funny. We got no Snoke theories. No Snoke theories tonight. Yeah, I mean, there there were a lot. Like, some of them are pretty stupid, but (laughs) there was a lot of Snoke speculation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But uh yeah, so this is the one that it's memed a thousand times. It's basically like and I like I like the idea of like just Han Solo in hibernation sickness and he's in the carbonite block and he's in there for what, a year or two and, yeah, year. and now there's a whole comic um about what's going on while he's in the carbonite block, but like and he just imagines all this and all these all this stuff and um it feels like something like he would Imagine, which is weird because it's the real world, kinda, and yeah, it's Han Solo imagining the real world. It it messes with your brain a little bit, but I, I really like this one just as a. It's one of those that you see it, and you're like, wait a minute, okay, I like that. I don't know if it works, but I like that. It's funny. Yeah, like like there was that Star Wars Tales comic where it was basically what if Han and Chewie landed on Earth and. Like Han gets killed and Chewie becomes Bigfoot and then Indiana Jones finds Han's remains. But like people on the internet take that step further and make it a dream within the thing. And yeah, it's it's something. <laughs> it really is. So um that's it. We we did it, didn't we? I guess. Yeah, we read all the lists. It's it's that was a lot of fun. And I appreciate you, Stephen, for coming along and sharing your theories and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, this is a lot of fun. And this was something that I, especially shout out to Jesse for coming up with this idea. And I, I shouldn't have doubted you, Jesse. I really shouldn't have because <laughs> halfway through this, I'm like, are we going to get any like really good lists? And then they started pouring in and uh, we got a lot of great ones. And uh, I wish we could have stayed a lot longer on some of these things because there's a lot of things so uh yeah if there's any of them that you'd like us to come back to if you want us to like do more theory episodes or something we're always looking for different ideas for possible episode uh titles and whatever so yeah if you want us to come and analyze something more go through the pixar theory or something we've talked about it over the years um be fun to come back to these so yeah let us know on uh facebook um real quick i will go through our uh plugs really quick um so you can find us at IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's our main social medias. You can follow Zach at Zach the Voice. That's Z A C H the Voice on there. And uh, also, you can find me at Ben Hart with no E on the Twitter and the Facebook and the Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And of course, at Culture Slate and at the SWU. Um, uh, Steven, real quick, tell them, tell them where they can find you on these social medias and, and what you're doing. Yeah, they can find me at Steven Schinder on Instagram and Twitter, Steven Schinder Storytelling on Facebook. You can also find my book, Lemons Will Like Rain. It's on Amazon. More info on that at stevenschinder.com. And I'm still trying to get the second book finished and ready to self-publish. So keep an eye out for that. 
And you can also find me on uh, two uh, podcasts that I do regularly. One is Delayed Replay, where we pretend we're in the universe where movies came out on time um, <laughs> and we like make stuff up on the spot. Um, it, it's, um, yeah, an episode coming out tomorrow is on Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. It's the new reboot movie that was supposed to come out this month. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of fun. And you can find delayed replay on Spotify, Apple, or go to anchor and you'll see all the platforms it's on. And you can also find me on yes shift, which is spelled Y E S S H I F T. You could go to anchor.fm slash yes shift and see all the platforms that's on. It's basically me and my dad talking about the band. Yes. And related activities by their members past and present lots of different topics and it's a lot of fun and cool. yeah i think that's everything so yeah thanks for having me on this episode ben well thank you very much for for co-hosting with me because i would have been lost without you quite literally <laughs> um this would have been yeah a lot less fun all right you know i, I just i, I I'm, I'm not up to doing this show alone all right i just really don't think you guys are ready for that and i'm not ready for that either and uh, steven's just too good of a guest not to have on so and and hopefully maybe we'll have you on uh pretty soon in the near future um maybe because uh we're gonna have a few more weeks of uh without of, of being zachless which is unfortunate exactly. but but uh yeah we'll, we'll try to get some interesting people on the show in the meantime to fill that void and and uh maybe in people you haven't 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 seen on the show in a while it'd be great um real quick i will point you in the direction of uh our patreon again patreon.com slash ipc podcast is where you can find us and uh support the show and literally helps us goes right back into the show helps us do a lot of interesting things and we're doing some bonus shows like that too we do bonus episodes of ripc which are exclusive to patreon so if you want to get those out i believe can I say this? Can I say this? I'm going to say it. I believe we are working on currently a review of the Suicide Squad. That's going to be coming up pretty soon. So uh, if you're a patron right now or you want to become a patron, you can not only have access to listen to that, but you can actually be on that episode to talk about it with us. So that would be a lot of fun. Um, uh, Podbean.com is, uh, is uh, where you can find our audio episodes ipcpodcast.podbean.com is where you can find that um check out our swag tpublic.com slash user slash ipc podcast and of course you can get all kinds of stuff from tpublic huggers shirts all kinds of stuff and you get to rep the brand it's pretty cool um and where you're watching if you're watching this right now you're watching on fandom empire that's where we broadcast every bi-weekly every friday night um every other week now uh, we did miss a couple we missed an episode a few weeks ago but we're back and we should be back for the foreseeable future and no problems and uh yeah so come back every other friday night on friday nights on uh fandom empire i said friday night twice um, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I had to point it out, but here we are. Um, but yeah, Phantom Empire, they're great to us, and uh, definitely go check it out. And there's a lot of other stuff happening on Phantom Empire, too. There's a lot of other stuff. We're not the only show on here. You need to actually watch their other stuff, too. It's great. Um, uh, uh, please check us out on iTunes. Subscribe. Leave a review. It helps out a lot. And our episodes go up on StarWarsUnderworld.com, and uh, they help us out, so that's good. Um, and okay, really quick. 
Steven, do you have like a five extra minutes? Yes. Because so, we do have some late entries here that I feel like I would I would feel very sad if we missed these people. And I, I feel like we need to we need to give them some time. So I got I got five minutes. If you got five minutes, let's let's run through these really quick. Oh yeah, um, let's play through these. Yeah. So first off, uh, Kenny not only had some theories, but he had some what ifs for us. So uh, here's what he said. He says uh, some what if fan theories and a few of my own. He says number number one, Star Wars. If if it did not turn out to be Darth Vader was Luke's father, how would the course of Star Wars history be changed? That's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Star Trek for Star Trek. Uh, number one, if Picard was written out after the best of both worlds, part two, how would the course of TNG history would have changed? Uh, if James T. Kirk did not die in Star Trek Generations, how would he have continued in his career in Starfleet? Um, number Those three, are great what ifs. Yeah, that actually is. I like Star Wars and Star Trek. What ifs? Get on that. That needs yeah. to happen <laughs> and start with those ideas. That is great. Um, number three. Um, this is one that we we've been talking about a lot yeah. this week. Uh, ET as a Jedi, I, I think that's one's pretty popular. Uh, again, what if? Let's do it. Um, number four, uh, the Disney Renaissance era animated films are the best, along with the Pixar ones. I think that's an opinion, and that sounds like I, an opinion, but I sure, think I, agree with that. I think that's I think a lot of people would agree with that opinion. So right. good on you, Kenny. Um, and here, okay, we are good. The Joker is the hero who saves Gotham, so he agrees that. So, so Kenny's, oh, wow. Kenny's he's 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 working. He's working. He's he's got these things. He thinks Joker is the real hero in the Dark Knight. Um, I like that thinking. Yeah, I gotta look into this more later. But yeah, thanks, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Thanks, Kenny, for sending that in. Um, and we got our, our good buddy uh, Tommy Bradshaw. Um, you want to read off his really quick? All right. Uh, so Tommy says, "It what if or." If Qui-Gon lived, Anakin would not have fallen to the dark side. Yeah, that's a popular one. Like, he's the father figure Anakin needed. Uh, There's a fan theory out there that in Avatar, the last Airbender universe, each Avatar must learn from the mistakes of the last and address them in their life. I am fond of this theory. Oh, that's an interesting one. It's Mm. like, yeah, the greatest teacher failure is, I guess. Um, Star Wars and Marvel exist in the same multiverse. Huh, interesting. The multiverse, I guess anything exists in the multiverse, technically. Yeah, I mean, something can be a movie series in one universe or exist alongside something in a different universe. So maybe, I don't know. Um, Ben Braden is Dean Winchester's son. Uh, That's Supernatural. Supernatural? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about Supernatural, but sure, it's canon. Sure, this theory is canon. Um, (laughs) Darth Jar... Yeah, Darth Jar Jar laughing emoji. Mostly <laughs> just can't think of anything else at the moment. It's okay, a popular one. It's a popular one. Yeah. I, I really <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and another late entry is from our buddy Matthew, and he's in the chat right now. Um, okay, I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need a clarification on this. He says his first one is elegance R plus L equals J. I f- had to google this and apparently it's game of thrones related um and i think i think each of these on his list are like they're all number one and i guess this one is number one for elegance the other one is number one for creativity and another is number one for historical interest so number one in different categories i'm guessing okay all right cool 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 see i see i'm game of thrones right over (laughs) um (laughs) 
Yeah, I gave like, up after season one. So, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I gave up before season one. I haven't right. watched any of it. Um, maybe one day, maybe one day. Um, and the last one, last one is from our good buddy Joel oh, well, Davis. Well, Matthew's other theories uh, for creativity was Sidious siphons Padme's life force. Oh, I missed that one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that one's good. I like that one a lot. I yeah, I, I actually subscribe to that yeah. one. I actually like that one a lot because like it's like it kind of like, oh, well, Padme dies in childbirth. He dies of sadness. What's the deal with that? What if Palpatine just killed her? Right. I I, I, I know it's weird, but it, it's not any more weird than what's actually in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and then and- uh, Keith Trennis leaves the order in her present conviction that it has lost its way oh this is this is high republic oh this is high republic related isn't it keith trennis yes okay yeah i have some catching up to do on high republic stuff yeah i do too um (laughs) i can't put my finger on who keith trennis is i know probably a jedi Yeah, from the she's from the comics i think Mm -hmm. yeah but there's there's a lot of speculation about the, one of the Jedi I know for sure is like shows up as the Lost Twenty in the mm. in the archives and they're from the High Republic, so they're like they're, yeah, and there's some Jedi cause... that are like really losing their way, really dipping into the dark side, doing some crazy stuff. So uh, really interesting yeah. stuff. I need to get back to it. Yeah, because I and think then... in Legends, Dooku was the Lost Twentieth. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. So like. I don't know how many's I'd be curious to know how many how many are how many is the lost in the High Republic era. It's a few hundred right. years before. Um how many we've got to lose. Whew, that'd be interesting. Um okay, so we're gonna end on this one. This is from Joel Davis. And he says, and I'm gonna I'm gonna assume what he's talking about here. He says, is Palpatine scarred face or is this a real one? So this is the whole idea of kind of asking the question of is the Palpatine face that we see in the prequels throughout the Ian McDermott face, is that his real face or is that a facade or right, like it could be some sort of mask made with alchemy. I, I subscribe to the theory that it is a mask that, that the dark side does stuff to you. And then if you use it a lot, it messes you up. And I think when, when Mace blocks the lightning back into his face it's not scarring him. It's taking away the facade he put up, and you're showing his real face. He's, I mean, he talks about in Rise of Skywalker, I've died before. Like, the guy's clearly, like, yeah. been around a long time. He's probably been doing Sith magic for a long time, um, trying to keep himself alive. Like, that, I think that that makes sense to me. I've always liked that theory. Yeah, and when, when Luke gets Force Lightning, he doesn't get deformed, so that kind of feeds into that theory. Like, he gets arguably just as much, if not more, Sith Lightning. Yeah. Like, you would expect, like, him just turn into Last Jedi Luke Skywalker. If, <laughs> if, if that was the... If it was, like, advanced aging on Sith Lightning, um, yeah. Or it turns him into Skeletor. And that's why <laughs> it's my oh man, he could do that. He could do that. <laughs> um, well, I think we got all the lists. I, I hope we yeah. didn't miss anyone. I was doing my best to try to uh, look at the lists and, and make sure we got through all the lists and also not miss anything on the way and get the ones that were, were late entries. But I think we got them all. 
um this was great um i think we need to sign off now because our producer sean needs to go to bed um and we need to go to bed and <laughs> you, all of you listening need to, and watching need to go to bed um but this has been great thank you so much steven for coming on again this was a pleasure um and zach usually does this i don't do this i don't sign off so i never know i usually just sit in the background and go like yeah okay bye whatever (laughs) um i don't do this stuff so um all i'm gonna say is guys thank you so much thank you for your patience when we were off the air um i know it's been sketchy but we're gonna try to be back on on our regular schedule we've got some awesome stuff content coming up that you guys are really gonna be excited about and we'll have some awesome guest hosts and we will get zach back and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun so without further ado thanks guys for watching listening however you do and we'll see you in two weeks and uh yeah may the force be with it may the peace be with you however it goes and in uh, your ipc fan theories <laughs> may the peace be with you i'm sorry <laughs> and with oh. your spirit <laughs> <laughs> good night guys night